A divisive issue, as you can imagine. Wasn't it just a moment of sheer exuberance, says a texter, to be dealt with in-house? Did it have to become such an issue that it clouded the joy of the win? They just won the World Cup. Surely the brilliance of those women has done more for the status of women than almost anything else. Somebody else says, uh, I am no prude. Some would say over testosterone. <laughs> would they, John? Oh. But when I was watching the presentations post-football match, I thought, what in God's name is that man doing? Is he insane? He's pulling them in and lifting them off their feet. That's creepy. And then came the brain explosion and the slobber, and I thought, well, that's his goose cooked. Double crispy. Somebody else says, Jenny Hermosa's reaction to the kiss is irrelevant. The man should not have done it, even if she had wanted it. Laughing, says another, can be a reaction to stress when we feel uncomfortable in a social context. And here's somebody really pushing the boat out. The Spanish fiasco. They go on about how Spain should never have been allowed into the European Union because they torture bulls, basically. Um, oh, for goodness sake, those Scottish fags, I'm gay, kiss each other constantly. Yay, they won. Grow up. That is not where babies come from, I am told. And that famous kiss has done more to damage women's sport than anything done by the, for example, New Zealand Rugby Board. The fact that the kiss was called awful by women is sort of self-defeating. And I'm appalled at the kiss, more so by the Spanish football hierarchy, says Andrew. But I am confused at the picture showing the same player lifting him bodily off the floor in delight, his feet in the air, their crotch to crotch, and the Spanish are more passionate than some of the societies. Is this a part of their culture? Yes, you could argue that, Andrew, but like genital mutilation. Outrage. Outrage from listeners who didn't. Listen, here's Mike shouting, This is why overreaction in the women's sport is such a joke. An over-exuberant celebratory kiss. And you're now accusing the guy of genital mutilation. Pathetically ridiculous. And here's Shane. Kim, I'm used to your forceful and sometimes sarcastic responses to listeners. And sometimes maybe they're deserved. But your comment a little earlier about genital manipulation, Shane puts, but it was mutilation, Shane, rest assured, in the context of the kiss and listener Andrew's feedback demands a response. Your response was wrong in so many ways. You crossed the line and you need to apologise. And somebody else says, did I just hear Kim 
Compare the Spanish incident with genital mutilation. Really, Kim? Slicing off, stitching together the equivalent of a spontaneous kiss on the lips between two adults? Get this woman off the air, she's delusional. Well, possibly. But y'all have the wrong end of the stick. Andrew said the kiss was surely a cultural thing. I was pointing out that many things can be regarded as cultural, but that isn't a defence. Yes, lots of interest in that last interview with Liv McClymont and Aurora Garner-Randolph about the documentary. It's a short documentary. It's only about a quarter of an hour. I stand for consent. Um, And it is available on Monday. There's a link on our website to it, but it is not released until Monday. Mike of Mosgiel texted twice in the course of that interview. Hi, Kim. One in four Kiwis suffer from sexual assault. Nonsense. Regards, Mike Mosgiel. And the second time, he said, Underlying patriarchal society. Hilarious. Regards, Mike Mosgiel. I'm interested to know the uh, the basis of your findings, Mike. Um, suffice it to say that practically everybody else who communicated with us was entirely in favour of the documentary and concerned about the situation. Uh, what an interesting and shocking interview. Thank you for bringing such an important issue to a wider audience. This is a sample text, as opposed to Mike of Mosgill. And it results in appropriate action, one hopes, especially within schools. What an astute young woman. Margie has taken me to task. Again, Kim. Clearly we don't agree with Mike from Mosgill. But will you only be happy when everyone agrees with you? Your denigration of any other opinion is overbearing indeed. Cruel. No, I wasn't denigrating Mike from Mosgill because he had an opinion other than mine or anybody else's. Margie, I was mocking someone who thinks a compelling argument is to shout nonsense very loudly. Helen says, I bet no one's working on a robot who will do the grotty tasks the elderly really need help with, the toileting, etc. No, they're preoccupied with more lofty but less practical goals. While it's good, says Jill, for different streams of academia to be discussing degrees of AI sentience, I doubt this will affect or control the direction in which this industry is heading. The train has left the station, and no amount of philosophical and ethical musings will slow it down. We just have to choose which seat we will comfortably occupy 
as we grapple with how reliant we both are and will become on this technology. So we want to create AI just to enslave them. Would they have rights, a salary, free will? Well, quite right. I mean, if you're talking about sentience, then you would have to give them some kind of rights, would you not? Talking uh, earlier on about The Kiss uh, with Sally Friedman, uh, she was saying that there was a fuss made that she didn't agree with about a man saying to a woman, careful with the trophy that I'm about to hand you, it's heavy. And Emma says, in the example of the comment on stage to the trophy recipient, be careful, it's heavy, as a possible statement of care, I really don't think it would be said to a man. But therein lies another problem, that there is an assumption that we don't need to care for or about men in the same way or show the same regard and consider that they may also find it heavy. And this plays as much a part in the sexism. Underestimating women and overestimating men continues the dynamic and is unhelpful in both instances, undermining women's abilities and loading men with assumptions that create pressure and expectation. We need to see the individual person and respond to them with a positive regard and respect. Thank you, Emma. And I taught a health programme in a secondary school in the 1980s. This is with regard to Aurora and Liv. We were developing our own ideas and covered sexuality and issues throughout the time. The girls and boys were together and we approached the topics with a sense of maturity and openness. While we did not talk about consent specifically, we discussed the issue. I think I was lucky in many ways in that my wife was a childbirth educator. So I showed some of these to the class. Crikey, that would put you off, wouldn't it? Uh, that would be a very effective form of contraception, I would have thought, Richard. Having an actor, he goes on to say, describe her STD and the mother on the birth video screaming, quite right, were my best ways of discussing consent. The girls in the class looked askance when they viewed these videos and expressed views that sexual activity and pregnancy were definitely something to avoid until one was much older. Ah, those were the days. Just thinking about the heavy trophy, I got a poignant text from a man who was lamenting that he opened a door for a young woman and she said, I'm perfectly capable of opening a door for myself, thank you. And he felt very sad about that. And quite right. That's a cheerless response. Having said that, 
it's also nice for women to open doors for men, is it not? It just depends how you're situated. So I said, I wasn't denigrating Mike of Mosgiel because he didn't agree with me. I read his text out with a certain disrespect, I'll admit, because he wasn't arguing anything. He was just shouting nonsense and rubbish. Yes, he was shouting, capital letters and all. And that's not an argument. It's just rude. So I said, no, I wasn't denigrating him because he didn't agree with me. Steve says, sorry, Kim, but you definitely do denigrate people who don't agree with you. Sounds awful. I do not, Steve. You idiot. Um, yes, Stephen accused me of denigrating people who disagreed with me. And I said, no. And I said Stephen was an idiot. Most of you got the joke. Rob did not. And he says, do you find it concerning that you do not recognise when you are discrediting opinions of others if they don't agree with you. Calling someone an idiot indicates denial that you can ever be wrong. I'm sorry I triggered you on that, Rob. 